Welcome to Productive Flow, where we answer the eternal question, why can't I get myself to do the things I know I should be doing? If you want natural productive flow and higher levels of success without all that struggle and self-judgment, this podcast is for you. Now, let's jump in. Hey, everybody. So glad to have you here today because we have the amazing and illustrious Dan Stewart with us today, who is the founder of Happy Grasshopper. Uh, So let me give you a little intro uh, here about Dan. So with more than 20 years as a serial entrepreneur, Dan Stewart has personally recruited hundreds of employees. This practical experience prepared him to help real estate organizations identify, attract, and recruit the ideal talent for their needs. Today, as CEO of Happy Grasshopper, he's responsible for creating content strategies that cut through the noise of real estate recruiting. Now, whether serving a small boutique brokerage or the industry's largest brands, Dan has built a reputation for building people and profits. Dan Stewart is the founder of four multi-million dollar companies, an international speaker, and absolutely certain that the success or failure of any venture is the direct result of who it is able to attract. What better guest to have on this show? (laughs) So welcome, Dan. Thank you so much for coming on here today. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really glad to be here. Yeah, that's awesome. So tell me, tell me about how you got started with all of this? How did you get started with with uh, entrepreneurship? And and tell us like how you got from this idea of saying I- I'm going to go into business for myself, and and seeing yourself as the success that you are today. Oh, well, that that's a real interesting question because the whole seeing yourself as a success part isn't easy. Right, uh, I'm, I'm not sure it's always helpful. Honestly, like, oh, you know, I, I think um, having that beginner's mindset and being able to hang on to that and not assume that you're just going to succeed or that everything is going to be great sometimes helps you stay open for opportunities that I know personally I might miss otherwise. Yeah, yeah, that's a really great point. Absolutely. So uh, tell us tell us about the journey. How did you get started yeah. in this? Well, so, gosh. It's so funny. You know, I think life to some extent is is all about discovering who you really are and what you should mm. be doing. And, you know, I look at who I was as a child. I was the kid who sold greeting cards door to door when I was seven years old to earn a watch from the back of Boys Life magazine. Uh, I sold chewing gum and cinnamon toothpicks out of a paper bag at school so I could save money for a bicycle. My parents said no to like, Mm -hmm. you know, so I I had that entrepreneurial mindset as a kid, but I didn't ever see myself as being an entrepreneur. Hmm. Um, To me, it just felt like, okay, that's one part of life. I've got to have, you know, something going on so I can afford the things I want. And, you know, really, I pursued a, an artistic passion with my education. And so uh, I majored in theater, of all things, in college. Uh, I wanted to be a playwright. Wow. So, you know, after college, I spent two and a half years waiting tables and bartending and just kind of like drifting along, writing really bad stuff like you know, anybody, <laughs> anybody in their early 20s is likely to do. Um And so, you know, I reached a point in my life where I had met my wife in college and, um, 
we learned we were starting a family. Aha, uh-huh. like, ooh, life-changing moment. Mm, paradigm and, shift. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right? Or in your term as a playwright, plot twist. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. So I said, you know, bartending is nice, but it's not going to be what I want to do as a dad. So I have to get serious here. So, you know, like a lot of people, I kind of looked around and I said, where can I earn enough money to do like, pay for my family. You know, what is the likely path for that? And with a theater degree, it's not like you call up the theater company and you sign up for a, you know, 100K gig. It just doesn't happen. So I started looking for sales jobs and I was really reluctant about that. I did not see myself as a salesperson. Uh, I saw myself as an artist who had to sell to earn a living. So I had a lot of role rejection early in my career. It's really a challenge for me. And I was about six weeks in to my brand new job that I was super proud to get. (laughs) And my boss pulled me in her office. I'll never forget. Uh, Lisa Capco Margarone, if you're listening, she said, (laughs) Dan, we all like you, but we're going to take your headset away unless you learn to use it. And I was like, oh crap, I have actually got to learn to do this thing. So I went from nearly being fired as the worst new sales rep they ever hired to like this switch going off in my brain of realizing, okay, I don't have to manipulate people. I have to help them get what they actually want. Yeah. And, you know, that job I worked at uh, the Yellow Pages of all places, right? So, <laughs> uh, this was the mid 90s and yeah. the internet had not killed the Yellow Page industry yet. Mm-hmm. So it was a great job. I worked with entrepreneurs every single day, small business owners. Mm-hmm. And that really lit my passion to be self-employed. So after about three and a half years there, uh, I left to start my first company. And uh, 90 days later, I failed. I was out okay. of money. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. Been there. yeah, we talked about Dan's the founder of four multi-million dollar companies. And three tragic dumpster fires that yeah. nobody talks about. <laughs> so, yeah, that's certainly part of my journey. And uh, I just, I still feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm 51 years old. I still yeah. feel like I have a lot to learn. Um, sure. You know, I have a lot to offer for sure. I've learned a lot on my journey. Uh, and yet I'm always open to discovering how I can serve people at a greater level. So, mm-hmm. um I've been fortunate to kind of take the, like that immediate financial pressure I felt back in my twenties. I've, I've relieved that burden. Yeah. So now it's about contribution. Absolutely. Uh, What can I do to give back and make the world a better place? Yeah. That's awesome. So, so I know that everybody that I work with is absolutely wanting to get to that space. They want to get to that space of saying, I want to contribute in a really big way, but they're, they're stuck in that space where they're, they're not even able to provide for themselves always at the level that they would like, much less starting to contribute to others outside of through their service. Right. Sure. And so, um, tell me what, and, and I, I love happy grasshopper. I've, I've used happy grasshopper and, um, I was, I think the first time I saw Happy Grasshopper, I was so blown away by it because it was so different from everything else that was out in the market. Mm. Um, And I was just like, here's something that really helps you to connect 
with, with potential, potential clients. Here's something that really helps foster the engagement between you and potential clients. And there just wasn't anything else like it. So where did you come up with the idea for, for creating that type of engagement through, through email marketing? Well, uh, it came from my previous company, actually. Mm, okay. Um, so my entrepreneurial journey, I've mm-hmm. you know basically, I've been in a lot of different industries. And sure. immediately prior, I owned a CRM company mm-hmm. where we built white label software for franchise companies. Mm-hmm. So the franchisor would hire us. Uh, they loved our stuff. They were super excited about it. We'd roll it across their universe of franchisees mm-hmm. and almost no one ever used it. Yeah. And that was the thing that really gave me like ulcers and kept me awake at night. Yeah. Uh, the franchisor loves it. The franchisee isn't using it. Ah, what do we do? How do we, yeah. how do we close that gap? And, mm-hmm. you know, the way sometimes it works out in business, I had an opportunity to exit before I'd solved that problem. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, so I exited, but I still was just kind of chewing on that problem. And it occurred to me that the the real issue was the quality of the content, mm. right? Because mm-hmm. you know, if you think about it, everything sends messages. Yeah. And I mean, that's just not a challenge in 2022. Uh, mm. We send email, text messages, ringless mm. voicemail drops, handwritten cards. Yeah. Uh, we even create social media posts for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's tons and tons of services that do exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big difference is the quality of the content. Yeah. So when we started Happy Grasshopper, it was really just an experiment. It was not intended to be a company. Uh, the first test was, will people even pay us? to have us write content for them. Mm. And we validated that. The answer was yes. And then the second validation was, can we actually create content that will work? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, you know, if we're going to do this uh, at scale, we have to figure out how to really make a difference for people. Yeah. So there's one thing I'm really proud of. Um, you know, we, we talk about this entrepreneurial journey and, and I, I believe all of us have an opportunity to really learn more quickly through the experience of other people. Oh, 100%. I had a mentor uh, in my life, a man named Billy Harris. Uh, Uh He was the CEO of a a sterile glove manufacturer called Sempermed. And he drilled into my head, Dan, if you've got good data, you can make good decisions. And, you know, I heard him say that over and over again. So from day one at Happy Grasshopper, we've tracked what's happened with every message we've ever sent. Mm. So that has allowed us to really make smart content choices based on things like open rates and click-through rates and most importantly, a reply rate. Mm. Because you know what we ultimately want to produce for our members is a conversation with someone that they can serve. Yeah. Uh, so I don't really care about clicks. I don't really care about open rates. Even though those stats are good benchmark measures, sure, they don't sure. mean anything if we don't actually have a conversation produced as a result of the effort. Right. Yeah, no, 100%. And, you know, that's um, when I, when I, I don't even remember when I first came across 
Happy Grasshopper and and even met you. So we but, made a huge impact. I got yes, you. Yes. <laughs> you don't even now, remember. I don't remember how long ago it was because I feel like you've been in my world for so long. Oh, you know? I see. I don't remember how long ago it was, but I know I know that I met you at a conference at somewhere at some point. Yeah. And um, I used to always go to all the real estate shows and mm-hmm. I would walk the trade room, you know, the trade show floor and, and look for stuff that was out there that I could get behind something that I thought this will really help my clients grow. Right. Mm-hmm. And when I came across a happy grasshopper and I thought, well, that's interesting. And you can send out an email. I remember at the time, I don't know if you're still doing it this way, but at the time it was, you could choose the type of email that you wanted to send. If it was like human interest or quirky or fun or something, yep. you know, like that. And I thought, well, that's really cool. And I remember recommending it to, to some of my agents and that they were just loving it because right at the bottom, there's this like, send me an email, refer me, you know? <laughs> and I thought, wow, because it was so... It, you know, a lot of the um, the agents that I was working with were so hesitant to ask for referrals or mm-hmm. to ask for engagement or communication of any kind. They'd they'd want to stay in touch with people, but they were they were afraid to do so at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's this this fear of rejection, this aversion to sales in general. Yeah, sure. And, and yet they wanted to send out something that wasn't just another recipe card. Right? <laughs> yeah, this is actually a great segue back to uh, an earlier uh, question about, uh-huh. you know, how do you get to that place where you're really contributing yeah. when at the same time you have to like put food on the table mm-hmm. for yourself? Sure. Right? Yeah. And, and I have a few thoughts about that mm-hmm. because, you know, there are ways you can contribute uh, without, um, you know, without having to take every financial stressor out of your life first. Sure. It's, it's like one of life's great conundrums. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you're a golfer or not, if you've ever played yeah. golf, but there's something <laughs> uh, that every golfer knows. It's like the yeah. harder you try to hit the ball, the worse the outcome. It makes sense. Like, you know, often the best result comes from the easiest swing. And I think that that's a really good uh, description of the experience of deciding, you know what, I'm going to contribute first. Yeah. And just trust that the outcome will be there, right? Because you've got to commit to that real easy swing before you know if it's even going to work. Yeah. So, you know, I think the way that you position yourself to people you're serving makes mm-hmm. a big difference. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. You know, if, if you start out a new conversation with a prospect and you say things like, before we go any farther, I just want you to know, my purpose here today is to serve you. Mm-hmm. Whatever the outcome is, if we end up doing business together, great. If we, we don't end up business doing business together, that's fine too. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure I'm here to really serve you right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like absolutely. it takes that pressure away. It's no longer about closing the sale. It's about mm-hmm. providing service. And yeah, I know for me, that's made a big difference. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, I was actually on someone else's podcast yesterday that we recorded an episode and we were talking about that very thing. And we were saying how it's, um, you know, your business is not about you. It's about the person that you're serving. And Mm -hmm. that when we come from that perspective, sales aversion, it just, it, it just melts away. 
because yeah. you're making it about the person that you're helping and, and you're not making it about you or what you have going on or, you know, what you're worried about or any of those things. You're yeah. just focused in on this one person that you're serving in that moment. Yeah. You know, you're making me think about a reality for a lot of agents, mm-hmm. a lot of brokerages too. Mm-hmm. Uh, they see their business as a roller coaster. Yeah. Like they expect there to be peaks and valleys. Yeah. And, you know, I always like to push back on that a little bit and say, well, let's just recognize that a roller coaster is a highly engineered systematic experience. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. A lot of math goes into every drop, every turn, every curve. It's all measured. It's all designed. And, you know, I really believe that the place where we go from that doubt and fear and uncertainty about what we can do to becoming responsible for our experience and saying, I'm going to design that ride that I want to go on with every client I serve and then leave it up to them whether they enjoy the ride or not. Mm, I love that. You know, let's, let's take responsibility for our experience in that moment. Mm -hmm. And this is something I learned recently. That's really been an eye opener for me. Okay. And I thought, wow, I'm seven companies in I've heard about, you know, accountability and taking responsibility and like extreme ownership. And Mm -hmm. I've read all that stuff. I believed in all that stuff. And I didn't ever really understand all that stuff. Yeah. Until uh, a friend of mine put it to me just the right way. And uh, she said, uh, it's up to us to become 100% responsible for our experience because no one is coming. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. So like now in those little micro moments where, you know, we all make that decision, Mm -hmm. should I do this? Oh, I can do it later. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, what's on Netflix versus what can I really work on in my business right now? That's helped me uh, direct myself more effectively in those micro moments. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's why I always say that productivity is rooted in emotion because Mm -hmm. it's the emotional piece that creates the desire to do the thing that we want to do, but it's also the emotional piece that creates the fears around doing it so that yeah. we're procrastinating or pushing it aside or putting yeah. it on the back burner and say, I'm not ready yet, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and those are the things that, that stop us. Right. I yeah. took a, um, a course with Tony Robbins, like mm-hmm. two decades ago. Yeah. And, and I remember him saying something along the lines of, the like deepest rooted fear that every human being shares is that we're not enough. Oh yeah. You know, when it comes to that moment where we're measured that we just won't measure up. Yeah. And, you know, for me in my career, I've really recognized that when I'm not fully committed, when I'm not Mm -hmm. playing full out, when I'm not a hundred percent invested in the outcome, Mm -hmm. it's precisely because I'm too afraid that if I don't succeed and I really try that hard, yeah. it means I wasn't enough. Mm. So what do you do? What do you do in those moments when you're feeling that and like you're feeling the weight of that on you? How do you, yeah. how do you counteract that, that, that experience? Um, well, first thing I do is forgive myself for having it. Mm. Like, you know, yeah. cause I used to be like really hard on myself and I mm-hmm. see, oh, why are you, you know, oh. Like that, that inner voice we all have, the, yeah. I call it the IA, mm-hmm. uh, 
most of us have an inner voice and most of the time it's an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) My inner asshole would be a real jerk to me about those moments where, you know, it's easy to look at maybe the success someone else is having Mm -hmm. and scold yourself and tear yourself apart because Mm -hmm. maybe you're not there yet and you feel like you should be. Mm-hmm. Right. So now instead of doing that, I just go, oh, okay. That you know, there's some growth opportunity yeah. here. It's all right that you're feeling this way right now. You're not going to feel this way forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's change our state. Let's do something different uh to snap out of that. And like right now, I'm at a standing desk in my yeah. office. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll, you know, I'll jump up and down <laughs> to just like get my energy changed. Yeah. Um, like a lot of people, I work from home now in the, mm-hmm. the COVID world, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not sure I'll ever have an office again. I've actually really learned to like this. Yeah. So I'll go for a walk around the neighborhood, uh-huh. and you know, just kind of getting out of that space for a few minutes can really make a difference for me. Absolutely. You know, I um, but I don't know um if if you remember this, but my husband and I have five kids. And so four are grown, they're adults. And then we have an eight-year-old, right? That we started over with. And um, our eight-year-old has these little, you know, he's 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 a kid. He's a little kid. Mm-hmm. He gets these emotions and they're overwhelming for him. He doesn't know what to do with them, you know? And so sometimes he could be playing a game and he gets killed in his game and then he's very upset. Oh, he's yes. yeah. He's like, yeah. I hate my life, blah, 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 right. you know? And um, we talk about little things that he can do to turn mm-hmm. that around, you know? Yeah. And I don't remember where I heard this, but it works so well. Is saying hippopotamus five times fast <laughs> because you just can't do it without yeah, laughing. Yeah. You just can't, yeah. you know? And you always end up end up cracking up laughing. I wonder how and, many people right now are saying hippopotamus five <laughs> times in their head, just right. like I am. <laughs> <laughs> But um, that works so well for him. And sometimes I'll, I'll say, hey, you know, I'll see that he's angry. I'm like, hey, what's going on? And he's like, rah, 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 my game, you know. And uh, I'm like, did you say hippopotamus five times? No. Like, are you going to do it now? No. <laughs> you know, and then he starts to giggle before he even starts to say it. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming these are video games that you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, yeah, if he's getting killed, it's probably not Monopoly, right? <laughs> um, so you uh, run off the edge in, in uh, Rainbow Road and Mario, right? <laughs> right. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I don't have five kids. We have three. Yeah. Two are in their 20s. And then yeah. our baby surprise is 13. Mm-hmm. And I grew up playing video games. Like, I yeah. was part of that yeah. generation that oh, me too. Know, we, we had the Atari and, yep. and we had a, the, Pong before, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I had Pong too. Thank you for being we're right uh, equally. The same age. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was so cool to have Pong and to sit in front of that TV on the carpet and oh yeah, you know, turn the little dials back and forth. Yeah. What it was such a a cool time because yeah. no one had ever experienced that stuff before. That's right. Yeah, and there was a lot of fear around, you know, what are these games doing to shape our children? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I grew up playing video games and I grew up skateboarding. Yeah. And I think both of those things really prepared me to be an entrepreneur because, yeah. you know, sometimes you're on a new level in a game uh-huh. and you don't know really how it's going to go. Yeah. So you're just trying to like figure it out. 
So yeah. go there, die. Exactly. Okay, don't go there again. Yeah. <laughs> right? Go there, die. Don't go there again. Right? That's such a valid point. I hadn't you know? ever thought about that. But yeah, I mean, well, Nintendo didn't come out until we were teenagers, right? Yep. I mean, we and we had video games all growing up, but mm-hmm. we had, you know, the Atari and the ColecoVision and, and yeah. stuff, you know, that came out before Nintendo came out. And um, gosh, I remember doing the same thing. Like you're saying, you sit on the carpet, you know, and the TV yeah. is a big box and a big wooden <laughs> yep. box, you know, sitting on the floor in front of you and, and you're playing this game and you do, you, you fail over and over and over mm-hmm. again. And you just keep going. You keep getting yeah. yourself up. You keep playing and you keep doing it until you master level after level after yeah. level. Right. So I know you sat on the floor playing Missile Command and playing Space <laughs> Invaders on your Atari, right? And, and Donkey so Kong was games, a favorite. Yeah. Like Donkey you, Kong. you play them for the first time. Yes. And it seems impossible, right? You get killed yeah. before you know it. They mm-hmm. just keep coming down the screen yep. and ah, uh-huh. right. Yep. And then at some point you go, oh, wait, there's a pattern here. Yes. And then you can play without dying for as long as you choose. Yeah. Like well, you can go and go and That's go like your data. Yeah, it's exactly the same thing. That's the yes. whole point, right? We yeah. do, it may seem hard at first, mm-hmm. and yet there's almost always a pattern. Yeah. There's almost always some outside source you can learn from. Mm-hmm. Like uh, you remember cheat codes, right? Uh-huh. When those first yeah. came out, I was like, yeah. cheat codes? What? Like, what? No way. <laughs> there's a way to do this much easier. And and we have a lot of cheat codes, I think, uh, in entrepreneurship. Yeah. Uh, there's so many things that, you know, it's easy to like step back and go, oh, well, that's just a special person. Yeah. When I just don't believe that. I just, I really don't believe that people who are succeeding at levels yeah. that inspire us yeah. are really that much different than we are. They no, just, I don't think you know, so. They found a different mindset, a different action. There's yeah. something there that, you know, once we understand it, we could certainly replicate. Yeah. And, you know, I really, I really think it has a lot to do with our level of resilience, right? Mm-hmm. Our ability to bounce back and yeah. say, Okay, like like you said, you had three three dumpster fires, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nobody talks about. <laughs> yeah. you know? And it's it's being able to say, oh, well, there's a dumpster fire. Okay, next. <laughs> you know? And just keep moving forward. Want to learn more about productive flow and connect with other business owners and salespeople on the same journey? Then go join our free Facebook group at productiveflowgroup.com. It's free, and you'll also get access to special content and resources. See you inside the group. You know, a lot of the people that that I work with are, they've experienced so much childhood trauma. And it doesn't have to, trauma does not equal abuse. So there's, you know, a lot of people don't understand that there's a difference there. So, you know, for me, I had a lot of childhood trauma, but I wasn't abused. I just had well-intentioned parents that didn't know what they were doing Mm. (laughs) and didn't always say the right thing, or I didn't interpret it the right way, you know, and then Mm -hmm. it it creates these, these negative mindset beliefs that stick with us. Right. And so what's interesting is that we can talk about that and say, well, this is holding me back. That's holding me back or whatever. But we can also look at that and say, look at the resilience that you've developed over time. Look at the confidence that you have in yourself that you're willing to try and fail 
because mm-hmm. you know that when you fail, it's not the end. It's not yeah. over. It's just, I learned one way not to do that. Okay, next. And we're moving forward. Right. right. Because we're not afraid to do that. You know, as the survivor of childhood trauma, Mm -hmm. like all of us are, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And I'm also a child, a survivor of childhood abuse. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. My parents were severe alcoholics. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of the trauma was we moved 14 times before I graduated high school. Yeah. Um, But, you know, there were also these really horrible, like drunk driving moments and, like all sorts of little micro tragedies that, yeah. you know, like were super strong punctuation throughout my childhood. Like yeah. Yeah. moments of actual trauma that yeah. have stayed with me my entire life. Like Absolutely. Okay? And, and so there was a time in my life mm-hmm. where I felt like uh, I was extremely disadvantaged because mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. Like, you know, how could I ever succeed when I have to compete against all these people who have wonderful parents and grew up yeah. in a delightful environment and yeah. they're so positive and ready. Yeah. And I think, well, you know what? Those people have never been challenged to no. the extent that I have. Um, and they no. haven't been put into survival situations where you are responsible yeah. alone as a child. I, for your own ability to pull yourself up every day and keep going. And, and that's, that's just huge. It's huge. You know, my, my husband's parents were both alcoholics, so I'm very familiar with that story and it's, it's not an easy one, but I can't tell you, I don't, I don't know another person that is as much of a fighter as he is in his own life for himself, right? And that that comes from those experiences, right? That's what that those experiences give us is the ability to continue to fight for ourselves, to continue to say, I don't, I don't have to live that way. I'm not gonna live that way. I'm gonna create a better life for myself. I'm gonna create a different experience for my kids, for my family. Mm-hmm. For my my partner, right? right. Sure. And and there's not anything, not nothing, nothing that could ever stop you or hold you back because you've already survived through so much. It it is kind of like uh, it's such a weird thing. I'm sure if your husband and I were to meet mm-hmm. and not through you, just like randomly, yeah. yeah, we would become instant friends. Yeah, we would kind of smell that. Mm-hmm. common background mm-hmm. on each other and we yeah. just click i've had that happen literally hundreds of times yeah because you know sadly a story like ours is not mm-hmm. that uncommon no it's uh, not. there's far too many kids that grow up in an environment where well-meaning parents are yeah. dealing with their own stuff yep. and mm-hmm. they just don't have anything in the tank left to give their kids exactly um i don't believe my parents were evil yeah i believe they were broken Absolutely. Right? And, yeah. and, you know, I'm sad for them that, yeah. that life circumstance didn't work out in a way where they mm-hmm. could have experienced more joy. Yeah. But I'm also not going to allow that experience to hold me back from experiencing my own. Exactly. Um, and I've had to make some really hard choices along the way. So, mm-hmm. you know, anybody who's listening to this, if mm-hmm. you are trapped in a situation where you've got toxic people in your life, they will hold you back until you let them go. 
hundred percent. I made a really, really hard decision that I've never regretted. Mm -hmm. And that was telling my parents goodbye. Mm -hmm. So uh, my wife and I had uh, been recently married. We're expecting Mm -hmm. our first child. Mm -hmm. And my mother's just horrible, destructive alcoholism. She was the kind of uh, alcoholic who, if she was awake, she was drinking until she passed out. There was no night or day. It was just, you know, she was trying to kill herself one, one sip at a time. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really sad. I'm sad for her and yeah. I have forgiven her. Yeah. And yet I also was not going to let her dysfunction screw up my family. Yeah. So I decided I had to be that firewall. Yeah. And I said, mom, dad, I love you. Yeah. Thank you for giving me the life that you've given me. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the lessons you've taught me. Yeah. I'm sorry, but yeah. this is the last time we're going to speak until you're yeah. both sober. Yeah. And, wow. Uh, they died before we spoke again. Oh, I'm um, sorry to hear that. Yeah, I am but, too. Like, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. am too. And yet I can't regret that decision because no, you can't. I had to create a safe place to raise my own children Absolutely. and to nurture my own relationship. Yep. Um, it would not have been possible in that scenario. And, yeah. you know, in a way, like all those moves that mm-hmm. I had as a kid, yeah. like each one of those was kind of like a funeral. You make these really close childhood friends. And then mm-hmm. in the 70s and 80s, it's not yeah. like we were going to stay in touch on our phones. That's right. right? Yeah. There was no social media. It mm-hmm. was just uh, we were going to write letters or get scolded for calling long distance. Yeah. Um, so that meant nobody stayed in touch mm-hmm. uh, through their childhood. Yeah. Um, so I just I said, you know what? This is another one of those scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a shared experience with these people that I need to move on from. And Yeah. I'm going to, and I was so motivated to do that because of my wife mm-hmm. and our children. Yeah. It, it was a hard choice, but it was the right choice. Yeah. You know, that's, that's interesting because it, um, it shows us that, you know, we, we really do get to choose the people that get to participate in our life, right? The, the ones who are allowed in yep. and, we do not have to feel a sense of, of obligation mm-hmm. to be involved with people who do not show us the kind of care and, and respect and support yeah. that we need. This is such a challenge. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's one that I've had to deal with uh, in surprising ways at different stages yeah. of life. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, a lot of people who are raised in traumatic environments develop codependency. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm not a psychologist, right? I'm just a guy. Who's yeah, me neither. On, on his own journey. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I know in my childhood, uh, I never felt like I deserved anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I never felt like I was good enough. Yeah. And when people told me I was. Yeah. Like, whew. I, I made huge life choices based on yeah. small comments from mm-hmm. relative strangers. Yeah. Like if I had a teacher who said, oh, you're good at, at math. This is something you could do. I'd be like, I'm going to be an engineer. Another teacher says, oh, you're pretty good at writing. I'm going to be a writer. You know, yeah. <laughs> because like yeah. one thing after another, I was willing to follow yeah. wherever I could find what I couldn't give myself. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so I, I've learned that. Uh, really freeing myself finally from that childhood trauma 
has been about learning to give myself the love that my parents could not. Ah, oh, I love and, that. Yes. And that is, it's been such a, a hard but beautiful journey. I'm grateful mm-hmm. for it. Yeah. Uh, and I'm 51 years old and I'm just figuring this stuff out, right? Right. Yeah. You know, so we all like, think I'm, we're supposed just, to be there at 30, right? <laughs> it's like, nope. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as long as we get there before the end, right? We yeah. do some good <laughs> with it. But, but it just, I think, you know, back to that beginner's mindset, mm-hmm. uh, I'm open to those discoveries. Like, I never want to be the guy who says he knows everything or has all the answers. Yeah. I, I'm always open to finding ways to improve and enjoy and, and, yeah. Uh, give back. Yeah. Uh, But see, look at that. Let's uh, look at that. Those childhood experiences that you had and Mm -hmm. how they, they really pushed you to say, I'm going to bring joy into my life. Enough of this chaos and craziness and stress and upheaval. I'm, I'm going to bring joy into my life. And in doing that, what you've created with happy grasshopper, I mean, just from the name alone, the name alone is fun and and full of joy. Hippopotamus, 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 yeah. hippopotamus, hippopotamus. Yeah. You know, I love the name. And I think the name was one of the things that drew me to because I was like, what is that? I don't yeah. know what that is. It can yeah. be anything, you know. <laughs> it can be Our name is anything. actually a, a happy accident. Oh, really? So, yeah. At, at my former company, mm-hmm. uh, I worked with a wonderful person named Celeste Nelson, uh-huh. uh, now Celeste Krupman. Okay. And uh, she was awesome. Uh, she was my employee at the previous company. I knew I wanted to work with her in some mm-hmm. sort of ongoing basis. And uh, a couple of months after the exit, I called her and I said, hey, I have an idea. Mm-hmm. And we chatted about it. And she goes, well, let's test it. Let's put a website up and just, you sure. know, see if we can drive some traffic and mm-hmm. find out whether or not people will engage. Yeah. Uh, and I said, awesome. Sounds good. She says, mm-hmm. what do you want to call it? And I said, it doesn't matter. It's just a test. She mm-hmm. said, okay, awesome. I own a domain I've been dying to use. It's Happy Grasshopper. <laughs> what do you think? And I was like, okay. <laughs> right here. So How awesome is that? <laughs> here we are all this time later. You know, it's yeah, like it your really golf is. analogy. It it's, really is a happy simplest accident. swing. <laughs> and let's talk about real estate for a yeah. moment. Our client, uh-huh. right? What what does a real estate agent do mm-hmm. other than develop a really intense relationship mm-hmm. that lasts for a relatively short yeah. period of time and then hop to another one? Yeah, <laughs> right. right? <laughs> so the world treats salespeople like insects. Yeah. yeah true. true. Like, oh, you sell yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? Like, yeah. where's the roach spray? Yeah. <laughs> so, if we're gonna be treated by like insects, we may as well yeah. be a a good one, like a grasshopper, yeah. right? There's yeah. something down cute. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, if we're gonna hop from transaction to transaction, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, you know, we started by really helping agents stay in touch with people yeah. over those mm-hmm. long periods of time. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's no secret. If you want to grow a great business in real estate, you need to nurture relationships. Absolutely. Uh, and that's, it, and that's any business. Any business, yeah, really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So tell me, you, you started with Happy Grasshopper here and as uh-huh. the, the start of this conglomerate that you have created, right? And you're working with, with realtors mm-hmm. and helping them connect with... Um, old clients, past clients, right? Potential new clients 
And you are helping them engage and connect and get referrals and generate new leads for themselves and all of that. But you've grown that company. So tell us about the offshoots and the different things that came from this initial email marketing test of Happy Grasshopper. (laughs) Well, so technically, um, when we first started, Mm. uh, we didn't have an application, Mm. right? It was just, we're going to write some content. We'll send you the content. You do what you want with it. Uh And then uh, we decided, you know what? We need to have an application because we can't really measure the data unless we're sending the messaging. Like we have to have that. So that was the, you know, the next layer. Yeah. And initially it was like the world's most basic CRM. You just Mm -hmm. load a little bit of contact information, first, last phone and email, Mm -hmm. and then you'd pick a message and we'd send it out. Mm -hmm. And it was one email once every three weeks. That was the plan that we were on. Mm-hmm. And what that's grown into is a staff of professional full-time writers, a staff mm-hmm. of great technologists, and we really do something unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, we take those, those two really important levers. One is the mechanics, mm-hmm. right? Uh, your CRM, your mm-hmm. technical ability to deliver the messages, your ability to measure and study them. We handle all of the tech. Yeah. And then we combine that with message Mm-hmm. So those are the two levers that really control the success people have with their CRMs. Yeah. Um, so by, you know, allowing us to, to grab hold of those handles with you, uh, we can create really compelling results for uh, generating business from past clients and mm-hmm. sphere of influence, uh, for converting leads that are captured mm-hmm. wherever our system pulls sure, them in. Sure. We send custom content wow. over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then one of the the largest things that I'm just so excited about is recruitment. I love that. <laughs> this, is, this has been a huge lesson for us because yeah. we listened to our clients from day one mm-hmm. and they loved what we did when we started with past clients in Sphere. Yeah. And then they said, well, what about leads? Can you help us with those? Mm-hmm. So we started helping with leads that worked mm-hmm. great. And then uh, we started hearing, well, what can you do to help us with recruitment? Mm-hmm. So this has become the primary focus of our company. Mm. Uh, we're really focused on helping real estate organizations grow headcount and production. Mm-hmm. So we interview the team leader, the managing broker, uh, the regional representative, whoever mm-hmm. it might be. Sure. And we create really compelling recruitment campaigns for them mm-hmm. that allows them to attract and recruit agents who really fit their profile accurately. Sure. And then we help those agents uh, find transactions from their past clients and sphere. Wow. So you created uh, like this full circle. <laughs> back in yeah. It's really, and, and ironically, you know, that company I sold mm-hmm. uh, where we did white label stuff yeah. for our clients, that's become something we now do at Happy Grasshopper. Interesting. So we support a ton of brokerages and brands mm-hmm. where we take our branding off the application mm-hmm. and replace it with theirs. Mm-hmm. It has a little powered by Happy Grasshopper down sure. in the corner. You know, we don't hide the fact that we're involved, of course, but yeah. uh, we've got the ability to provide really custom content mm-hmm. and features for each of our different uh, membership constituents. Yeah. So that's awesome. That's fun. That fun. is that is fun. So. Tell me if if somebody's listening to this and saying, 
That sounds really cool. Like, how do I get my hands on that? <laughs> I, want, I want help with this. So where do, where do they need to go? Where, they, where can they learn more and, and get signed um, up? Yeah, happygrasshopper.com is a great place to go. Yeah. When you're there, you know, we'll guide you right from mm-hmm. the homepage down which of those paths makes sense for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a great staff of people. I'm so proud of my group. You do. You um, do. I have talked to some of the people on your staff and they are amazing. There, it's, you know what it is? And this this is something that's that's so relevant because I think a lot of us who are having that I'm not enough speech inside of ourselves, one of the things that we fear with mm-hmm. our success is can we be a leader? You know, can we guide other people when we feel sure. like we're struggling to guide ourselves? Right? Imposter syndrome. Yes, yes. big time. <laughs> and one of the things that I love about your team is that you are this happy person. Like I see that, you know, you, even if you don't always feel like that on the inside, because I know we don't always, right? But mm-hmm. This is what you show to the world is this, this joyful side of yourself. And I'm pretty sure half of my DNA is golden retriever. But that's, that's, that shows in your team. It shows in the people that you, that you attract and, and how they behave and how they connect with, with your, your clients. And, and I've just, I've seen that in, in talking with people on your team that it's like, everybody has that, that DNA golden, re, golden retriever DNA, right? <laughs> they're somewhere because they're just, they're happy and they're friendly. And I, it's amazing. It's amazing. Really, thank you. First, thank you. Yeah. Uh, second is that is highly intentional. Absolutely. So yeah. We have a list of core values. We call mm-hmm. them flag values. Mm-hmm. And we, we use that term plant your flag because we want people at a distance to know what we stand for. Yeah, And these are things we'll like fight and die for, yeah. which in business means hire and fire over. Yep. Mm-hmm. So uh, the number one value that we're looking for is thoughtfulness. Yeah. When yeah. I hire so. thoughtful people, mm-hmm. they need almost no micromanagement. That's Which true. is great because I'm a horrible micromanager. I, I don't want that employee who needs me to dole out everything they need to do. Yeah. I want people who are positive, who are tenacious. Yeah. Like, you know, screening for those attributes as part of the onboarding process when we're interviewing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's what really makes that happen. And, you know, I, I feel like to some extent, all of us uh, mm-hmm. who've overcome anything internally Mm-hmm. feel a desire to pay that forward. Like Absolutely. I know for certain I would not mm-hmm. be who I am where I am without uh, all those moms who weren't yeah. my own, yeah. uh, who made room for me at their kitchen table, yeah. who you know, let me sleep over a whole bunch, yeah. uh, who, you know, w- when they were school shopping for their own kid, picked up clothes and school supplies oh. for me. That's awesome. Like, yeah. So many of those moms were in yeah. real estate. Really? Like, yeah. Interesting how that, how that happens. Yeah. Yeah. It it definitely is. It's so cool to look back at that journey and see Mm -hmm. the dots that we can connect in retrospect. Yeah. Well, I, I, again, I just feel really grateful to get to be where I am Mm because, you know, whatever we're experiencing in life, yeah. Uh, we have to make a choice about what that experience means. Absolutely. Uh, we can choose for it to empower us or we can choose for it to uh, demotivate us. 
Yeah. Just empower us, you know, send us yeah. off track. And yeah. You know, in, in my family growing up, there were three of us and mm-hmm. we each made different choices mm-hmm. about what it meant. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My sister, high school valedictorian, mm-hmm. graduated college early, went on to get a PhD and become a college professor. Wow. Like she yeah. shut everything in her life out except yeah. that academic pursuit. Yeah. She didn't make that a lot of friends growing up. It was just, mm-hmm. that was her escape. That was her yeah. safe place. Yeah. And, you know, th- that's a successful strategy. Sure. Uh, now, has it made her happy? I don't know. But it's allowed her to become successful, even though, you know, she went through a, a really tough time. Uh, yeah. Up. Yeah. Uh, my strategy was to make a new best friend who had a great family every time we moved yeah. and to allow myself to be parented by parents who weren't my own. Oh, yeah. My yeah. brother's strategy, my younger brother, mm-hmm. his approach was um, I've been wronged. Mm-hmm. And because I've been wronged, I'm going to make the world pay. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, he really uh, internalized the most negative mm-hmm. aspects. Yeah. Uh, so same environment, three different outcomes. Yeah. Each of those available only because of the choices that we made. That's absolutely so relevant and so important. Yeah. And I'm glad that you that you said that and touched on that because it does show us that it's our perspective that shifts everything. Yeah. It's our perspective. That makes all the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of that. Yes, it was amazing. And um, I encourage all of you, just go to happygrasshopper.com. Check out what Dan has built. It's amazing. And um, I love the journey that you, you went through to get there. Because one thing that I've realized is that looking back on my own, is that even the most negative aspects of my journey have led to the biggest strengths that I have in my life that keep me on the path, my chosen path, right? To get me to where I want to go and help the people that I want to help. So I'm glad to see that you you took that same perspective and you're making the world a better place through the people that you serve and how you're serving them and the people that you're leading and how you're guiding them. So thank you for everything that you do. Closing thought for me. First, I want to express gratitude for you because I really believe in your mission. Thank uh, you. The world needs you that. doing what you're doing. So I'm <laughs> thank you. for that. And I just, um, I'm going to encourage everyone to remember your younger self mm-hmm. in a moment of challenge like, how could you show up for a person in a similar experience today? Mm-hmm. You know, what can you yeah. share that could have made all the difference for them? Yeah. Um, you know, in, in my case, like Marcy Mizell, Kevin, my best friend, Kevin's mm-hmm. uh, mom, when, when she brought home a bag of clothes for me, when she was shopping for clothes yeah. for Kevin, like she had no idea. She was just yeah. like, you know, oh, I'll get this. That'll probably yeah. fit Dan. Yeah. Uh, it didn't seem like a big thing to her, I presume. Yeah. And yet to me, like here we are 30 something years later and I'm talking about it. Right? <laughs> yeah. It it's made a huge impact. impact. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, let's just be conscious of the fact that we all really do have amazing power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We all really do have yeah. the ability to make that ridiculous impact. Yeah, we do. People are, we're going through time mm. with. 
Yeah, I love that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. And um, until next time. Thanks for listening. And especially thank you for sharing the show and leaving a review on iTunes. Every time you share the show, you are potentially changing someone's life. Want to learn more about Productive Flow and connect with other business owners and salespeople on the same journey? Then go join our free Facebook group at ProductiveFlowGroup.com. It's free, and you'll also get access to special content and resources. Now, stay tuned for the next episode of Productive Flow. Productive Flow.